Hello and welcome to ESPN Cricket Info Stump Mike. I'm Kartik Ayer speaking to you after day three and what ended up being the final day of the first Australia v India test in Adelaide. Now, before I introduce the panel, uh, I would like to say that please don't go back to yesterday's episode and listen to any of our <laughs> predictions of what was going to happen on days three and possibly four of this test. The laughter you just hear in the background is Devayan Sen coming off his very own commentary stint. Hey, Devayan. Hi, and I was laughing because uh, while I haven't heard the uh, previous day's podcast, but I can guess that a few things were would have gone all right. And I'm just claiming a complete diplomatic immunity to begin with that I had got some of the predictions right. I did expect a collapse, but I didn't expect it to be this dramatic and of course this kind of a result. And someone who was on the pod yesterday, Gaurav Sundararaman, is also with us. Gaurav, what did you predict would happen on day three? Well, I did predict at the end of the show that it will go on to day four and so. But in the middle of the show, uh, I did ask a question about whether the match could get over yesterday and whether it's far-fetched to think like that. But obviously, I was talking about an Indian win and not uh, remotely as what uh, exactly happened. I don't think anybody would have called it. Yeah, fair enough. So, in brief, what happened was India started the day at 9 for 1. They had lost Prithvi Shah yesterday. They effectively had a lead of 62 runs. And then they went on to get bowled out for 36. Yeah, which is India's lowest ever score in, in Test cricket. Australia had a target of 90, which they chased down with relative ease, with Joe Burns getting in the run. So, that's good for him. Deban, how did this happen? Well, <laughs> I suppose this will be a question that will haunt Indian fans certainly for a long, long time to come. But I will put this in perspective. I just thought, uh, you know, looking at uh, the action, I mean, as you know that I was, uh, you know, commentating this for radio. So effectively, I was a witness to pretty much every ball. I was trying to analyze every, you know, single session. And just looking at the pitch, the way it was and the kind of uh, bowling lineups that we saw from either side. I did anticipate uh, low scores and I did, I did anticipate one dramatic collapse. Now, which team would be at the receiving end of it would have been a you know, moot point. And I suppose when one reflects, uh, you think back to the stage when India had Australia down 111 for 7. And from there, Tim Payne played, I thought, what uh, was the match-defining innings. We didn't know then. But the way that he rallied the lower order around and managed to get them up to 191, you know, those 80 runs proved to be uh, like gold dust because if India had a few more runs to play with today, their approach could have been different. Uh, I suppose the pitch quickened up a little bit. I personally thought the pitch might actually ease up a little on day three, but uh, it just quickened up a little bit, uh, as we also heard Josh Hazel would say after the game. And from there on, I think it was just pretty much a, uh, you know, it was just a question of being ambushed by some quality bowling. So I think more than the Indians losing it, you have to give credit to Australia for winning this. Uh, sensational fast bowling, Josh Hazelwood, Pat Cummins, the two of them, uh, and even Mitchell Stark, you know, uh, setting the tone with the very first ball of today, which he got to move back in and just got a little bit of an inside edge. So, um, just fabulous bowling. And from there on, there was no escape. And I think just the icing on the cake from the Australian perspective was the injury to Mohammad Shami. Because if there was one bowler who uh, India would have looked at to kind of respond in a similar vein and set the tone with the ball, that was Shami. But without him, I personally didn't think that India had any chance of being able to defend, you know, a score as uh, paltry as 89. It just brings a different mindset when you get bowled out for such a low total. And that's what showed up. So, yeah, India will have some psychological scars, but 
when they look at it and reflect, uh, they'll they'll think back and say that look, we dominated two days out of this Test match, and we can take a lot of positives out of it. Gaurav Debayan touched upon this a little bit, but I am going to ask you the most obvious question: when when you're 36 all out, like like it happened to India today, was it was it a case of just absolutely brilliant bowling by Cummins and Hazelwood, or was it some bad bad batting? And I would like to ask you to only pick one of them and not a bit of both, you know, no cop-outs. Look, India got to bat in the two toughest potential conditions of a day-night test. You know, right? They got about few overs, six overs with the uh, pink ball last night, new ball and the same cherry again bowling uh, early, uh, up front uh, the new ball uh, early on in the day, right? So this is what happened. If you look at all three days, the first session was very hard. Um, it's not. It was not a problem only for the India. Even Australia struggled. Remember, Wade and Burns took so much time to even get score, uh, get some runs, and uh, even uh, India lost a lot of wickets early on on day two. So, and the twilight session, obviously, yes, that was just six overs. But you, we also Mayank almost got out uh, last night itself. So, uh, these are tough conditions, and we are talking about seven or eight world-class uh, quick bowlers and over, at their peak. And all of them are like just so amazing. So a small errors need to be punished. And there was absolutely no error. Uh, like Debayan uh, alluded to the fact that uh, the line and lens were so accurate. And, and India were definitely not expecting... I think they were not expecting the fact that they'll be 36 all out. A couple of wickets, Pujara uh, and uh, Bumra, after they got out, maybe they thought they'll have that uh, usual partnership. But I think those two wickets uh, uh, consecutively, right, in the same over, that kind of um, made even Kohli start playing a bit aggressively, right? He needed to play aggressively because uh, he felt that uh, there's no point in just uh, hanging around there. You need to be uh, uh, slightly aggressive. So, to answer your question, I would say, uh, I won't call it bad batting for sure. And Australia have had streaks like this. Even at Headingley, they bowled England out for 67. So maybe uh, it's a it's a top quality bowling attack for sure. But I don't think it was th- worth 36 all out. Maybe uh, between 120 to 150 would have been more um, uh, apt, I would say. Something which you can expect. But 36, well, that was uh, too low. I mean, uh, Deban Gaurav's last tweet just before he came on this podcast is the new Fab Four, Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins and Lyon. And I don't think it could be any more true because it was Lyon and it was Stark who delivered in the first innings, Deban. And in the second innings, we just saw Hazelwood and Cummins tear through the Indian batting order. Yeah, it's a very well-rounded attack if you think about it because they've got, uh, you know, different angles among the pacers. There's Stark who comes in left arm over. And in the process, he also creates a little bit of rough for Nathan Lyon to invariably work with. You've got Cummins, who's got decent pace, I mean, more than decent pace, and uh, he's incredibly accurate. And I thought the biggest difference between the two teams, uh, of course, Hazelwood as well. I mean, I I think Hazelwood often flies under the radar because he's probably not as flash as some of the other fast bowlers around in world cricket. But he's right up there in terms of pace, and he's just uh, unerringly accurate. And keeps, you know, homing in on that top of off stump. So, from a batsman's perspective, I thought the difference between the two attacks in this test match was also just the lines that Australia bowled. And it was obviously a very, very definite plan. They realized that this was a pitch where run scoring was going to be difficult. Uh, which is why they didn't bother with too many slips. I mean, early on with the ball, they used to have uh, slips, especially in the first innings. But then they shifted their line a lot straighter. 
they had a few catching players on the on side they had a catching gully as well and with all of that they made the indian batsmen play a lot more whereas when the indians were bowling they allowed especially early on they allowed the australians to leave a lot of balls outside off stump and uh, again you know with just 90 to defend i thought today umesh yadav um, you wouldn't want to knock him too much because 90 is really no target to kind of defend but you saw the lack of accuracy from him because he was spraying the ball a little bit he was you know going down the leg side a few times he was giving a lot of width outside off stump and uh, i mean good on joe burns he cashed in and got some runs had some nervous moments to begin with himself got hit on his elbow by uh, jaspreet bumrah but you ride out uh, situations like that and you will get runs and i i really thought this was an opportunity lost by india uh, in many respects but i would again you know going back to what i said i would give credit to the australian bowlers rather than blame the indian batsmen i thought with uh, some more application and maybe you know just a little stroke of luck here and there maybe a dropped catch you know we saw so many catches dropped across the first two days but everything went to hand today tim pain you know coming up with uh, catches quite easily uh so yeah i mean australians just had one of those dream days that you have in sport where everything that you try comes off and uh, india were at the receiving end so uh, eight wickets is probably not a fair reflection of how good the contest was but yeah i mean two and a half days of absolutely top class cricket and uh, eventually you have to have a winner and a loser and that's that's the way that sport happens Deban quick question and you can't look up at at the scorecard for this okay so you know that no batsman in the india 11 crossed uh, went into double digits in their second innings yes. but who was the highest scorer with what score mayank agarwal with 9 oh wow, that was quick <laughs> I well wish done this could be added to stump my queue <laughs> <laughs> well done well done, well done but gorav it's interesting right yesterday when we were when we were discussing i think it was offline we were like if india can get their lead to anywhere near 200 over 200 it's going to be extremely difficult for australia to chase this down but when india were losing wickets in a hurry particularly at 15 when they were 15 for 5 or even 19 for 6 then you're starting to think your mindset changes that even if india reach 100 or a target of 120 there is a chance that this could be tough for australia in their chase uh yeah but you know mentally you kind of uh, you're in a very tough space when you're 15 for 5 and 19 for 6 and you would always hope that 120 would be good but you again you're bowling uh, australia got to bat at the best time possible uh, where batting has been most relatively the most easiest uh, part right and uh, the other thing which we i would like to mention is that look this is not a bowling attack which india have never faced this was exactly the same bowling attack that india faced in 2018 and they did extremely well but they did lose when conditions were slightly favorable for bowlers which was in perth so uh, when you actually look at um, uh, the melbourne and sydney test of uh, 2018 2019 they were not very uh, favorable conditions for bowlers it was a flat wicket and even though india scored 440 450 australia made them struggle for those runs it, they took almost two days to score the, the, those many runs so this attack has also improved from 2018 2019 they like deban rightly pointed out they have been attacking the stumps more they've been able to adjust the lines and length quickly they've come up with new plans uh, the leg gully for example which they didn't have early on in last tour so they've been they've also really upped their game and uh, the fact that you're play, playing with the pink ball and if there's something in in the wicket um, and that too there was more seam movement if you see a lot of wickets uh, moved off the uh, pitch which and so if you don't have swing the next thing is you go to seam and these guys are 
proper exponents, especially Cummins, Hazelwood, Bumrah, Shami, all four are outstanding exponents of seam bowling. So that's why we saw the kind of, um, uh, I would say, dismissals uh, this uh, test than what we saw in 2018, 2019. And Australia's attack was so relentless that, you know, you had to play at most of the ball. Those three dismissals, Pujara, uh, Rahane and... Uh, uh, was it Vihari? Yeah, I, uh, I think Vihari. All three, like you had to, and Mayank, sorry, you had to play at it. You had to just play at it. You know, you you didn't have a choice. And I think Hazelwood in the post-match uh, uh, interview, he said that we were looking to attack the uh, Bales. That was that was their uh, main point of um, attack. And yeah, and last year, the last two, they didn't do that. They were always in the outside off and uh, fourth stump, fifth stump line. This time they've started attacking the stumps more. So hats off to them. So um, yeah, and India uh, might have maybe been a tad um, over. I won't say overconfident. Maybe they were very positive at the end of day two because they felt that uh, they were dominant. And a fifty-three run lead in the first innings is pretty huge, on especially when scores are running this way. But Gaurav, you mentioned how the Australian bowlers have improved from India's previous tour down under, and I'm going to stick with you. Is there a case to be made that? India's batsmen are maybe not at that that level that they were then. I mean, it it's not a batting lineup that when you look at it now is suddenly filling you with confidence, right? Especially from the next test onwards when Virat Kohli won't be there. Definitely from the next with without Kohli, yes, we saw what uh, what happened to Australia without Smith, right? Or, or without Warner for that matter. So, no, definitely Kohli is a huge loss, but. Uh, having said that, coming back to your uh, first statement, I don't think this batting lineup has like it's the same batting lineup which played last year. Yes, there's only the difference is Shaw is there, but otherwise it's more or less the same. And you only get better. They're lucky to do two tours to Australia in two years. I don't think any visiting team ever gets that opportunity. So they have the same core, and they've been playing abroad for quite some time now. This core, Kohli, Rahane, Pujara. All these guys have been playing around for such a long time, especially a person like Rahane, who's been given such a long rope for a very long time. He's had his peaks, but he's had a lot of times where he's just been average, right? So the fact that, uh, you know, ultimately it's runs. You need to score those runs. And uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say that this uh, batting lineup is not, not prepared or anything. It was just one tough uh, session and I'm uh, yeah they will come back with better conditions but it's not going to be easy to come back from this and that too without Kohli um, uh, they need to really have some really special performances to come back you're right you're right Gaurav when you say that I mean it's it's one test match at the end of the day we shouldn't be making it's one any... session actually it's one <laughs> session yes yes I mean yeah you know what if you look at it those pies that they show it's basically four and three to Australia. What it tells you is also how misleading those pies sometimes can be. But at the end of the day, India lost. India lost the match in in one session. But uh, Karthik, I just wanted to make another point. Uh, so we did discuss in the preview podcast about how important tail end runs are, and India India lost uh, I think uh, four wickets for eleven runs on the morning of day two. And even uh, today, none of the tail end uh, batsmen uh, are able to score. So that is going to be a concern throughout this test series. Because if you're literally a fight down and you have a wicket keeper and then the tail to come, uh, I don't know. I, you need to contribute something, right? And Australia's tail, uh, 
contributed 80 runs for the last 3 wickets with this kind of attack which is india's best ever uh, pace bowling attack ever i think most of us would agree that this was the best bowling attack uh, uh, in a very long time you would expect them to uh, close the tail uh, much better i think if they do that uh, a lot of these scores will come down I, I, you can go back to the england tour south africa tour new zealand tour remember kyle jameson um, uh, he he took uh, he scored a lot of runs and Yeah so the last three test matches in 2020 all India were in pretty good positions even in the New Zealand tour but it was these tail end runs which is uh, costing them uh, the matches i would say most forget this session but if you look as a whole the 80 runs that uh, australia added towards the end for the last three wickets actually added more value than what i thought it would be and uh, uh, like deban said pains innings wow it was actually an innings filled with a lot of intent and he managed to Uh, uh, rally the tail with him, and yes, I think Stark was run out, and that if that run out had not happened, maybe they would have even got closer to India's target. So these tail runs are uh, becoming a bit of a, a major issue for India, and uh, with the kind of bowling which is India's best ever bowling attack, they should close it down much faster. Tim Payne, player of the match, Deban, is that is that fair? Because I I heard a lot of comments and I saw a lot on social media that said that either Hazelwood or Cummins should have got that award. um if you ask me i think the match defining innings in the sense uh, of the result final result was timpain but yes i mean uh, either one of the two play- pacers could have got that as well cummins had some first innings wickets as well and hazelwood was absolutely outstanding on this day but you've got to factor in pain's captaincy because he was quite patient throughout played the waiting game well when it was required attack when required so in that sense yeah i mean it it would have been a fair call even if it had gone to one of the pacers but a uh, fair game to timpain you know perhaps one of the lesser heralded cricketers among the 22 who were playing this test match but absolutely played his role to perfection his first man of the match apparently oh that's oh, that's that's, perfect. That, that's nice yeah that's that's very nice good 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 for timpain gorov i think there there is something that we need to clarify though because i think there's a bit of confusion regarding this india are 36 all out right like this is officially their lowest total in test cricket because even the host broadcasters when they were showing the scorecard they were showing it as 36 for 9 yeah so it is all out shami was retired hurt there was no like intentional declaration from no, from no, goli no. right at the end interestingly the the, the score which india beat the 42 uh, was also uh, for 9 champ uh, bs chandrashekar was uh, didn't bat so it's not the first time both the low scores have the same uh, issue mm. Mm. it's it's it, it's a parallel it's probably not one that india wanted but it's <laughs> it's a parallel to draw with 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 the 42 that was versus england right at lords yeah yeah okay so about 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 this 36 now i think i think there have been there there'll, there'll be a lot of memes divine on on social media there'll be a lot of comments made about it but i mean the hard fact is these are elite sports men and women and it's not easy to recover from being bowled out for for such a score what what will it take from india's point of view in the week that they have leading up to the boxing day test will it be maybe just getting away from the game for a bit or will it be getting down to the nets and practicing hard so i think uh, of course uh, they will be hurting they will you know uh, really feel the pinch of this 36 uh, all out um, it is a you know ignominious uh, distinction to have uh, to have the lowest score in test history you know 88 years of test cricket for india but at the end of the day if you're professionals you also you know learn how to get over this and 
uh, you've got to be completely balanced in terms of how you look back at uh, the three days of action that unfolded. So as I've said before, India will look back and reflect and they'll say that, look, we dominated two days out of this test match. We did a lot of things right, which is why we were in that place in the first place. You're winning the toss and batting was uh, probably the right decision. Uh, in any case, in day-night matches, that's what we have seen. Most teams tend to you know, want to bat first. Then they did negotiate some tricky bowling and had a couple of very good partnerships to post a total. Then they did very well to you know, have Australia in a spot of bother. Uh, they changed their lines and lengths as well quite suitably and then bowled quite well. Our Ashwin had a tremendous outing with the ball. So there were lots and lots of positives. And as Gaurav mentioned, maybe there was just a hint of uh, sort of overconfidence or maybe just a little bit of complacency which had set in because of how far ahead they were in the game. And then they were just blown away by good bowling. So we'll think of all those things in totality. But will they? Will they though as as players? Like I would, like when you go through something like this, you you forget the two good days or you forget the one day good day in the middle and won't that happen you will you invariably i think it's it's human to to think of the worst i right? I, I don't think so i personally don't think so because uh, i mean these guys are elite sports persons and when when say we you know have sometimes when we play amateur or whatever you know we play football for fun and sometimes we have horror days when nothing goes right but in the next game you don't really think about that you're still you know when once you cross that field you're still thinking about the positives and you still think about what is the next right thing that you can do. So that is the attitude that you'll have to take. Of course, there'll be a role here to play for the support staff. They'll have to, you know, uh, reinforce some of the positives. Obviously, there'll be changes to the team. One will be enforced in the sense that uh, Virat Kohli will not be available. So that will be one change that they have to slot in. Um, uh, the bigger concern, as I was saying, will be about Mohammad Shami and his fitness because um, he is obviously the, the senior most in terms of you know his uh, guile and experience that he brings into that uh, pace bowling attack. And his experience will be missed if he's not available. Already Ishan Sharma not being there just uh, you know deprives them of one of their uh, senior uh, pacemen. So that is something that will be a source of concern. And it'll a lot of things will depend on the kind of pitch which uh, is laid out at Melbourne for the Boxing Day Test match. Uh, they'll have to, you know, fit in those uh, sort of, you know, tick off the right boxes. But I, I would expect them to bounce back. I don't think they'll, you know, I don't think they'll be completely blown away in this manner again in this test series. It's it's a pretty much a question of uh, whether they can learn the right lessons and how well they can apply them once again. And and the fact that they've got a couple of days extra to recover from this, I think, will work to their advantage. I don't think it'll be a case of them, you know, thinking about this 36 over and over again over the next couple of days. I have a, a a thought with respect to this. So when you uh, when you saw the documentary, the test by Australia, right? So they also lost the Headingley test and uh, in very dramatic fashion. And this was a question posed to uh, Justin Langer, and he he was very clear that uh, look, we shouldn't. A lot of teams, a lot of uh, experts said that England have the momentum and the Ashes is gone and stuff. So he made sure that, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he made sure next day he played the entire last uh, couple of hours out. He made the Australians watch that, discuss about it and get closure towards that whole um, aspect. That's how that, that's how they handled it. And then they forgot about it and they went, went on to win the next test. So different teams have different ways of handling this whole uh, um, 
uh, these kind of moments. So we have to see what India does. Uh, like the band said, uh, they're professionals. It's just that the outside noise, the pressure, the WhatsApp messages, the social media, all these things have all increased so much now that those things could affect. And the fact that you're having a new captain, right? So that is a big, big deal now because Rahane needs to carry this. Kohli is going to forget this, go, move on, and he he'll just watch from his home. But uh, Rahane needs to take this forward. And how he motivates the team, whether he has the same intensity like Kohli, he has his own style. Those things will matter more, according to me, to make sure that you forget this. So if you have, uh, if, if you remember the 2014 England uh, series, they had uh, two, three, uh, after the third test, they had really a bad fourth and fifth test where batting just couldn't uh, uh, do well. So it could also go that way. Where if you have one more poor innings at uh, uh, MCG, then things might can go really uh, bad. And we've seen that happening with India in abroad tours, uh, especially in Australia and England over the last uh, 10, 12, 15 years. So it's important that they they forget about outside noise and just completely start this as a new game. We've seen that with Australia. Even Australia was all out for 47 in 2011 and they won the next test. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I think... It's up to each individual and the support staff, like Deban said, that they have to do something to make sure that this is completely forgotten. One more thing, if I can just add to that, you know, this morning one colleague of mine was asking me what uh, are the potential changes I was foreseeing for the next test match. And one comment I made, obviously, at that stage, India was still, you know, uh, 62 ahead with nine wickets in hand and the world was a better place. <laughs> so, uh, I what I said was, I don't see too many changes for the simple reason that you don't change a winning combination. And even though they've uh, subsequently, you know, just uh, in a matter of a couple of hours, they've gone on to lose this by huge margin on the face of it. I hope that they don't fall into that trap because, you know, they did a lot of things absolutely right. So it's just those minor little tweaks that are required. And obviously that uh, one necessary change or maybe two necessary changes now, which uh, need to be made if uh, Shami also is not available. So apart from that, they don't need to change a lot in terms of preparation. They don't need to change a lot in terms of tactics, I would think. It's just that, you know, uh, they've got to grab those little moments a little better. Uh, one thing which they'll obviously want to improve on is the catching because that was something which was a letdown right through this test match. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it because changing a captain is is not just a minor tweak to, to the side. Ajinkya Rahane will most likely lead come the Boxing Day test. And Diban, I was mentioning this on the podcast yesterday as well. Personally, I'm I'm not very convinced by Rahane. I think he's... He's on a downward curve as as a batsman. Maybe maybe that is just just because of his recent performances ever since uh, with uh, from the IPL to to this this match in particular. And I'm maybe forgetting the better moments. Do I have a point here, or am I being too too harsh on on India's current vice captain and next captain for the coming three tests? Yeah, I think this is a extreme recency bias because <laughs> if you think back to just a little over forty eight hours ago. He was India's second highest scorer in that uh, innings, the first innings. But 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 here's the thing about about that first innings. Yeah, when the moment that run out happened, they, they felt like some something was was happening to Rahane from within. Even for his LBW, Vihari had to run to him and ask him to review it. There wasn't the natural when a batsman's given LBW, they immediately go to the non-striker and discuss with him. I I, <laughs> I didn't think that he was in the right mental space, especially after that run out happened. And I think the pressure got to him. Yeah, I don't think so because I think it was plumb and he realized that. And uh, Vihari went over basically to tell him that, look, we have three reviews and we haven't used up a single one. So there's no harm in going for it. You never know. You might have edged it and you might not notice. 
so i think as a batsman you usually know if you you know nicked it or whatever like you know if you played down the wrong line so i think he was just responding uh, with his first instinct that he realized that no you know i've been trapped but he had played pretty well till then he had uh, maneuvered the strike well he had you know played all around the dial as he often does and he'd shown pretty decent patience so india's three premier batsmen pujara kohli and rahane all of them contributed good runs in the first innings and largely it was thanks to them that they got to uh, that 244 it was just uh, this you know perfect storm today of all three of them failing and you know between the three of them combining just four runs it's not often that that's going to happen perhaps it's never going to happen again and that's that's what just counted against them today so i i would just you know i would not be too hasty in terms of how i evaluate him he's not had a lot to do this year um, of course you know the entire collective batting unit didn't do very well in new zealand at the start of the year and he didn't get too many opportunities in the ipl the few ones he got he's i, I think he scored one match winning innings for uh, delhi capitals in that entire ipl so um, i don't think you should be judging too much on the basis of that he's he's a completely different character than virat kohli he's obviously much less expressive he's a lot calmer but he's still a, a pretty decent uh, student of the game he's a good batsman himself and i think he's the kind of guy who may not show it as much but he is quite aggressive and uh, quite assertive in his own way so i think i think he's going to mold this in his own way uh, i think he's going to bring his own ideas into it he also has a 100% record as a captain although one of them was against afghanistan but he has you know experience of this job in the past this will be a massive uh, examination of his temperament as captain because uh, it doesn't get any tougher than you know starting off in australia so that's pr- perhaps the only thing that remains to be seen otherwise i think he's going to do well um, it will be a big question about whether he elevates himself now to number 4 which i think he should you know whoever slots in should probably come in at 5 and he should take up the responsibility and bat at 4 if he does that i think he has the ability to lead the bowling unit pretty well and if he gets some runs behind him then i think he'll be quite good as captain i think india will basically miss virat kohli the batsman much more than virat kohli the captain that 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 is some high level of confidence in in rahane i must say gorav do you do you have the same faith in in ajinkya heading into the next test as batsman and as skipper so i think we waited for quite a long time for uh, rahane to like really have a a consistent peak right as a batsman so you know like the band said um, it's as in my problem with rahane is look his average is 42 and he's played close to 66 tests so unless he's continues to score as a batsman his place itself is in question now yes he's going to captain for three tests but he needs to start performing and scoring those lovely hundreds or if not hundreds consistently score those 50s and be be a bats, batsman who's very difficult to get out first of all that's the that's the main thing and automatically captaincy he's a good captain captaincy will uh, fall in place i'm fairly sure he has a great bowling attack also so it's about his batting and whether he moves up one place these are small things when you have kl rahul shubman gill we don't know what position they want they are comfortable in or what position is they have plans for uh, these guys then rohit comes in it adds value to captaincy because he's going to help rahane definitely so rahane is batting if it falls in place i think but don't don't you think when that happens especially when rohit sharma comes in and india does well it adds that extra noise you know simply because there there are a lot of people who rate rohit extremely yeah. highly as a, as as a skipper so but again in test format rohit still not performed right we don't know what rohit is going to do as an opener abroad we have never seen that happening uh, so by the time 
the dust settles about all these discussions, these tours would have gotten over and they'll have four tests at home against England. And for all you know, all these guys would again start performing and scoring those big centuries. So you will never have a solution to this. But if Rahane does not really score uh, runs and India end up losing this series, I think uh, they have to start moving on and uh, moving on. That's what I would say. I think we will have uh, Gaurav and Deban a preview podcast a couple of days before the next test where we will look at the changes. We'll, of course, we'll find out about Mohamed Shami's injury, hopefully by by that time as well. Before we leave, I think I think let's let's leave on a slightly light-hearted note. Before we started recording, Gaurav, you had some interesting takes on the number 36, right? Yeah, so all these years, uh, 36 has been synonymous with uh, Mr. Sunil Gavaskar, who scored 36 runs in 60 overs, all by himself, in the first ever uh, in the match against England in a World Cup game. <laughs> we all speak so much about it. Today, we have seen another kind of 36, and which is the entire team score. And Ravi Shastri, uh, India, India's team coach, once scored 36 runs and six balls. He smashed Tilak Raj for six sixes in first-class cricket. And uh, we, obviously, Yuvaraj has also done that. So, 36 is going to be remembered uh, for a lot of things. And I think for the, I think it's time that we move away from Sunil Gavaskar and it's going to be Adelaide 36 from now onwards, right? So, I think we'll forget Sunil Gavaskar slowly. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Karthik, I think uh, perhaps the only group of people who will be mildly relieved today will be the players who played uh, what was called the Summer of 42, the 1974 tour of uh, England. So, I mean, a few of them have moved on and passed away, but uh, the ones who are alive will be slightly amused and bemused perhaps at the uh, fold of events. And I wonder if 2020, I mean, it's anyway been a pretty unforgettable year, but maybe this winter will be called the winter of 36. But guys, look, uh, we, we wanted the series. We never even knew that the series was going to happen six months back. The series was, this test match especially was built up and we've had enough and more articles on Kirk Info about whether this test is going to happen, what is the rules, etc. For all that drama, I think we've had a fascinating test match, two and a half, two and a half days. And uh, I think I am just still amazed and shocked by the quality of bowling. Uh, just to part on a one more stat, uh, which I'd asked our colleague Shiva to uh, query before uh, coming in. There have been only 17 instances, 17 in the history of Test cricket, where we've had four bowlers who have excess of 150 wickets who were bowled in a Test match. And, and India's attack against Bangladesh and South Africa just before this uh, series in 2019 was one of them. And obviously Australia's uh, attack currently. So this is like peak fast bowling, peak era of bowlers, guys. So I think we just uh, we had to enjoy that uh, uh, irrespective of the result. Oh, absolutely. That, it's just fantastic to watch both these bowling units bowl. Gaurav, thank you so much for joining us on Stump Mike throughout this test. It's been a short one. Deban, you had an extremely short radio commentary stint. Uh, what's next for you? Yeah, coming back and uh, doing the New Zealand-Pakistan game for ESPN Crick Info, so back to home base. Radio has always been a good, uh, fun uh, experience. And we also had some experts coming in, you know, uh, World Cup winner Madan Lal and former international Chetan Sharma. So just picking their brains a little bit on cricket. And uh, yeah, I think uh, even they, I mean, Chetan was the guest today and he was shell-shocked. But Madan Lal, the first two days, was full of lots of insight. One one good thing he had said was that, you know, India will definitely get a first-inning lead, which he predicted on the first day itself, looking at the pitch. And he was spot on with that prediction. But I don't think, I mean, we didn't get a chance to meet today, but I don't think he could have also thought about the turn of events on day three. 
Yeah, so the day-night Adelaide test is done. India are trailing in the series to host Australia. Thank you so much for listening in to Stump Mike. Thank you so much for joining us, Deba and Gaurav. We'll see you just before the second Boxing Day test. <laughs>